there's a lot of speculation on who really was the first king of England. Some people say it was Alfred the Great, some people say it was Ethelstan, and some people even say it was William the Conqueror. But even though Alfred the Great was only the first Anglo-Saxon king, he was the first English king to really start the unification of England and take it to where it is today. Hello and welcome to my new mini-series, Crash Course into English Monarchs, all of them from Alfred to Elizabeth. In this series, we will delve into every monarch's life as we see the gradual change that England would undertake to get from a small Anglo-Saxon kingdom to the biggest empire in history. I'm Lily Aronser, and this is the History Buffs Corner. a wave of Anglo-Saxon Germanic tribes flooded into England. The local Britons hoped the Anglo-Saxons would push out the invading Picts and Scots. Hence, they let them stay. The plan worked as far as getting out the Picts and Scots, except by the start of the 7th century, the Anglo-Saxons decided they liked England and decided to rule it. The Anglo-Saxons instated seven kingdoms, these kingdoms include that of Northumbria, East Anglia, Mercia, Kent, Wessex, Sussex, and Essex. For context, Northumbria is at the top of Britain, hence North. East Anglia and Mercia are in the middle of Britain, and Kent, Wessex, Sussex, and Essex are down the bottom of Britain. In 794, Vikings started to invade, and by the end of the 8th century, Mercia, Northumbria, and East Anglia had fallen to the Vikings. In 875, Wessex was the only major kingdom left, and when current king Ethelred died, his younger brother Alfred, later known as Alfred the Great, ruled, and was left to fend off these invaders. Alfred the Great was born circa 849 BCE, and with four older brothers, he was never meant to be king. But all his older brothers had reigned and died before him, so when the third brother Ethelred died, he was next in line, even though Ethelred had two children who should have ruled instead of him. Alfred the Great started the Battle of Eddington in hopes to defeat the Vikings, and he did. The Vikings lost by so much in this battle that they stopped in their attempts to capture Wessex. Fun fact, Alfred before the battle actually disguised himself as a musician and slipped into the local town to gather more information about the Vikings. The Vikings also retreated out of the Kingdom of Mercia and instead of electing a new king, Alfred placed Rolderin in charge who would answer to Alfred himself, but Alfred still kept himself as the ultimate authority, thus becoming, in my opinion, the first English monarch. As monarch, Alfred promoted literacy and learning, as he sought to improve his own knowledge in hopes to rule better. He also made laws and reforms, and had books translated from Latin to English. He also lived in a swamp. In 878, the Vikings attacked Wessex, which by now is something that they really like to do and will keep doing. So, Alfred the Great 
flees to Etheling, which is a swamp, not because he wanted to surrender, but because it was a highly defensible position, and almost impenetrable to Viking attack. He died when he was around 50 years old on the 26th of October, 899. The cause of his death is unknown, but scholars suggest it could have been caused by poor health or Crohn's disease, an illness which makes the immune system attack the lining of the inner stomach. Which makes sense, since throughout his life he complained of stomach issues. Edward the Elder, who was around 25 years old at the time, and Ethelfred, who ruled Mercia at the time, succeeded Alfred, with Ethelfred being the eldest child of Alfred. She is said to have been a strong, independent, and educated woman who ruled Mercia for around seven years. And in 1912, Ethelfred expanded Mercia north, as Edward the Elder reclaimed East Anglia. When Ethelfred died, her daughter Elfwyn was supposed to rule, but instead she got overthrown, which left Mercia for the taking allowing Edward the Elder to expand and rule all of England, now under one king. Edward continued to expand his territories, and when he died in 924, having ruled for a prior 25 years, Edward continued to expand, and when he died in 924, by then all the surrounding territories had pledged their allegiance. But Edward the Elder wasn't even his name. When he was alive, he was never called Edward the Elder. The term was only given to him by historians to distinguish him from Edward the Martyr, who comes along later. Edward then dies on the 17th of July 924, and his son Ethelstan takes over and finally brings the kingdom of Northumbria under Anglo-Saxon control. At this point in time, historians tend to call this the start of England, as the territories were fully unified at this point. But Ethelstan, not satisfied with his land, tries to invade Scotland. But Ethelstan, not satisfied with his land, tries to invade Scotland, prompting the leaders of Scotland, or at back then known as Alba, Dublin and Strathclyde to sign an alliance. Such is the shortened version of how England came to be, or how England came to be unified. King Ethelstan rules for about 15 more years, until his death in 939, when he was aged around 30 to 40 years old. He had no children, so Edmund I, who would have been around 18 years old, inherited the throne, and on Christmas Day. Edmund only ruled for about seven years, but during these seven years, he managed to reclaim parts of northwest Umbria and Mercia that had been taken over by the Vikings when Athelstan had died. It took him only three years, and he even managed to secure peaceful relations with the Scots while doing so. Edmund died in 946 when he was around 24 years old and was buried in Glastonbury Abbey. He didn't have any children, so the crown was passed down to his younger brother, Edred, born circa 923. Edred was around 22 years old when he became king, and like his predecessors, his reign was filled with violence and war, most notably in the battles of Northumbria. In 946, the Northumbrians switched their allegiance and declared Eric's Bloodaxe their king. So, in 948, Edred ravaged Northumbria, 
and for a short while they were under Idris' control until they decided to not be under Idris' control and declared Dane Olaf Citrixen as their king. But like the indecisive kingdom that they are, they got rid of Olaf and they brought back Eric Bloodaxe. But poor old Idrid suffers from digestive issues just like his granddad Alfred the Great, and he dies on November 23. Thank you guys all for listening to this week's episode. In the next part of this mini-series, we will take a look at the rest of the Anglo-Saxon rulers up to Harold Godwinson and William the Conqueror in 1066. Don't forget to check out my Instagram for more interesting historical facts, and remember to like and subscribe. I'm Lily Aronson, and this is the History Buffs Corner.